Um, I'm going to confirm. I, I mean, last year we did seven. Seven is early, but it's a long dominant. So it's either seven or seven thirty. We did last year seven, so we'll have to see. Um, yeah, yeah. For some people, not working, but for some people who want to get their day going, seven o'clock works. But I'll confirm today about the seven or seven thirty chalmay. I'll I'll figure out this well, monitor. Sure I know it just feels early, but all right. Uh, all right. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do all that. Um, okay, so we're up to the bottom of Sadi Bez Amid Bez. Amr Abaya. One more, one more, um, one more case before the Mishnah. Ruvain Shemacha Sadul Shimon Shalevachrayas. You have Ruvain who sold the field to Shimon again without a Chrayas, which means that if it's taken by people that he owes money to, no backseas. You can't, you can't come to me for money. But instead of it being seized, Vyatsu de Asikin. Rumors started flying, a court case erupted that they say it wasn't actually Ruvain's. And Ruvain sold it to Shimon and he said, I want no responsibility. If it's taken, you can't come to me. But instead of it being taken, there was a court case that came up that people said it's not actually Ruvain's. So the guy wants to back out. He'd rather not do the sale, right? You bought a land that might not have been yours and now you're going to start dealing with legal proceedings about whether it was stolen property, who actually owned it. So the question is, at what point could you just back out of the sale? So you have the verbal agreement, and obviously there's an Indian and in, in Pialacha to keep your word, but on the other hand, you don't have to make yourself crazy. But then once you do a Kenyan, once you do the Kenyan, it's yours, you can't back out. So says the Gemara, actually, until you do a Kenyan, then you could back out. Meaning, although you gave your word, but and it's an Indian to keep your word, but on the other hand, if there's People that claim that it's not actually his land. I'm not. I'm not. Getting, I'm not buying land that may not have been his. I'm not. I'm not getting involved. But once you do a Kenyan, once you do a Kenyan, you can't back out. Now, what's a Kenyan on land? So a Kenyan on land is you do improvements to the land, or you walk around the land to for to see it, or you build like a bridge around the land, you build a fence around the land. Anything that's anything that's improving the land in an active ownership, that's a Kenyan. The Amrle. Okay, well, that recording stopped. Anytime you do a WhatsApp call to me during the share, it cancels the recording. So, okay. So, no, 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 it's still recording on the computer. So, the Gemara says, once you do a Kenyan, you can't back out. Why? I mean, once you do a Kenyan, you can't back away. I, the land might be not belong to you and you might have bought land that's not yours and it's going to be taken away. You bought a land full of knots, meaning you bought a land without a chryas, which means you knew going in there was a chance that this land would be taken away. Now, obviously you thought it would be taken away because of credit, creditors over here might be taken away because it's not actually his to sell, but you went in, buyer beware. So once you do a Kenya, you can't back out. Now the Gemara does say, what's considered a Kenyan? When you go around the land to, 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 to build a small, um, um, uh, what do you call it? A, a small, um, um, like a bridge around the land. Like you went around, you, 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 you uh, checked out the entire land by walking around it. That's already considered an active acquisition. Says the Gemara, Hold on one second. The Gemara then continues. Yeah. Uh, and some say, 
once you do a Kenyan, you can't back out, even if you had a Chrayis, meaning even if you bought the land with a Chrayis, which means that if it's seized, you'll get your money back. You still can't back out. Why? Because he says to him, listen, you made a Kenyan, which means it's yours. Can't back out. If it's seized, I'll pay you. But you can't back out. Meaning, well, even, even with Achrayis, it doesn't mean you can back out. It just means that if it's seized, you'll pay that. Okay. Now, the next Mishnah, it's math-based. No, no, but it's not, it's not hard math. It's not hard math. I'm going to read the Mishnah. Now, the Mishnah, on a simple level, has problems with it. Probably understanding. Gemara is going to clarify. Mishnah says like this. Misha yu nasu, nasui shalish nashim. A man is married to three wives. All married at the same time, the same day. So he had a chuppah with three women. Whatever. So, okay. And then he dies. So they're all coming to collect the ksuba at the same time. And because they're all ksubas are at the same moment, there's no kadima, right? We said before, the previous Mishnah, that if you have multiple women, there's not enough money for everybody, then the first one gets everything. Over here, they all got married at the same time. So they all want money for the ksuba. Their ksubas are all valued differently. And there's not enough money to go around. Okay. So here's the halacha. You have a man who married three women, Umais, and then he dies. You have woman A. Her ksuba is worth 100. Ksuba B, woman B, her ksuba is 200. And shalzu And woman C is 300. So you got 100, 200, 300. That's all the ksubas. But there's only $100 to go around. So you got three women. This one claims 100. This one has a 200 claim. This one has a 300 claim. There's only $100. So what the halacha is, because each of them have a claim to at least 100, you split it evenly. Everyone gets 33.33. Easy. That's not so bad. Okay. Okay. Now, let's say there's $200. So how do you split $200 amongst the three women? So, now this is where it's tricky. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it to you. The Gemara is going to clarify what the case is. The woman who, who, is, who is only getting 100, she gets 50. That's a little strange because we just said you split it three ways. She gets 50. We'll explain why. So now you give her 50 out of 200. 200 minus 50 is 150. So the 150 then split amongst the other two. So each one gets 75. Each one gets 75. Now, again, the, the real question is why are you giving 50 to the first one? She should just get 33. Now, the Gemara is going to clarify that the case is where one of the women says, I'm out of the first 100. She pulls out of the first 100. So then it's split amongst two women, 50-50. So she gets 50 get her out of the way, then the remaining 150 is split evenly amongst two 75-75. Meaning, you have three women. 100, 200, 300. There's only $200. So you give the first, the first one gets 50. Yeah, the question is, why do you give her 50? So the case is where the woman who had $200, she said to the woman of 100, I'm out, I'm pulling out. Why she did this? I don't know, she wanted to do it. She to avoid a fight. She wants to avoid a fight. She's like, I'm not I'm not fighting with you. Split it, the split the first hundred between the two of you. So she gets 50. So now there's 150 remaining. So then I she gets 75, that gets 75. Now what's she only oh so the is gonna clarify she only backed out from the first woman. She never backed out regarding the second woman. Now what's interesting about this, by the way. Yeah. 
<clears throat> yeah. The other then there's 150 left. So he split it amongst the two. No, because the, the, she only has a claim to the first hundred. So the first hundred is split evenly amongst two. 50. Remaining is 150. 75, 75. Now, what's strange about this is, by the way, if, you, if you're following closely. And then she, and then she puts herself back into Yeah. What's strange about this is, by her, by woman B backing out, she kind of messes over woman C, if you think about it. She's backing out, and she's saying, right, it's supposed to be 33, 33, 33. But by her backing out, Woman A gets 50 bucks. You know who really kind of gets messed up is woman C. Because now she's like, I would have gotten, it would have been 33, 33, 33, and then she would have been gone. And then I would have split the other 100. It's a chiddish that woman B can mess up woman C. It's just a tremendous chiddish that the Rishayim to talk about. But again, the Gemara is going to clarify. Um, fine, that's the next case. That's that case. Now, what if there's $300? And this is the last case of this. What if there's $300 and you got to split against 100, 200, 300? So here's what you do. Again, the woman who is 100, she gets 50. Because again, it's a case where one of them said to her, I'm out, split a 50-50. Now you have 200 left. But again, woman A has a claim of the first 100, but that's it. Then she's out. Woman B has a claim of the second 100. Then she's out. Then woman C has a claim of the third 100. So you get 50 to the first one. So you're left with 250. Then then the woman who has 200, she gets 100 because then she splits because the second 100 zuz is split between those two. So again, the first 100 zuz is split between woman A and woman B because woman C backed out. So woman A and woman B get, a, get 50 each. You take the second 100, that's split between woman B and woman B, C. So B gets 100, she's done. The woman C gets the last 100 because she's the only one who has a claim above 200. So it's going to be 50, 100, and 150. That's the breakup. The woman C gets more, I think? Yeah, because she's the only one. She had a claim to 300 Zeus. So she's the only one who's going to get the last 100 because the last 100 is 300. She's the only one who's going to get 300. There's $300 left. Yeah, yeah. Saying that you have a hundred dollars, there's three women, and the three end is two hundred dollars. So, no, this is three hundred. In either case, I'm, I'm what's the problem? The second, the, why is it 50? Because one of the women backed out, she said, I'm not fighting with you. You split it with the other woman, so now you have a hundred dollars split in half 50 50. Because the first woman only has a claim to the first hundred. So you have to sort of split it up like that. There's $200, but the first woman only gets 100. So she's not involved with the second hundred. So you take that 100 and you split it amongst those two. There's, there, there's 300. Again, one of the women backed out. Woman C backed out. So you take the first 100, you split it between woman A and woman B, 50-50. Then you take the second 100. The second, you have to split it up like that. Because if if, if there's $300 and the three of us, and you're only worth, you're only, you only get 100, you get 200, I get 300. I'm not splitting 300 three ways. It doesn't make sense. You take the first 100. You only have a claim to the first 100. Past that, you're out. So you take the first 100. I want to be a good guy. I'm out. Split it 50-50. You're gone. Bye-bye. So now we have the second hundred. 
You have a claim to the second hundred. So do I. Split it 50-50. So now you're up to 100. I'm up to 50. Now we're at the third hundred. You don't have a claim to the third hundred. You're gone. You don't have a claim to the third hundred. I'm the only one who has a claim to I keep it. That's how you have to look at it. You know what I'm saying? That's what you have to do. You have to take each hundred, split it up, and figure out who would potentially have a claim to it. If your value is at 100, you're you're gone past 100. I don't care how much money you get. You're gone past 100. That's the point of the Gemara. Now, the Mishnah then according says... To that logic, according to that logic, yeah. even if there's $1,000... Correct. Then the first guy will only get... He only has a claim to 100, and he has to split the 100 with the other two. I don't understand that logic. Say that again? Okay. I'm all confused. I didn't hear what you said. It's 100, 200, 300. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, in in theory, it's six hundred maximum. At at six hundred, then everybody gets their money. Okay. Are you following me now? Not really. Math is not my okay. strong suit, and I'm sort of underwater in my head. One uh, one hundred plus two hundred plus three hundred is six hundred. Yeah. Okay. Fine. So they're owed six hundred total. Total. Yeah. At six hundred, everybody can get what their money is worth. Yes. Okay. Right. But up to that amount, even if it's 500, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. That's obviously not how the Gemara looks at it. You're right. I would have looked at it that way also. The Gemara doesn't do that. Meaning, the Gemara doesn't, the Gemara looks at it as like you take the 100 and say, well, you have a claim and then you're out. Even though you have less than 100, you're gone. I, it's, it's, it's not what I would have thought. Meaning, my father <laughs> has the claim to the first 100, he gets 50, and then we say bye bye. But he's like, boy, I didn't get 100. The answer is, you had your claim to the first $100. Once the first $100 is used up, bye-bye. It's a tremendous chiddush, because I, would have, I wouldn't have looked at it that way. Then the Mishnah says, is a If three people put money into a fund to, to buy merchandise, to start a business, and the value went down or went up, they split it. Um, according to the money they put in, meaning it's not split evenly, it's according to the percentage of how much money you put in. You put in 33%, you get 33% out. You put in 66%, you get 66% out. Okay, the Gemara is going to clarify exactly what that's talking about. Okay, let's run through the Gemara. A lot of what this Gemara is basically just speaking out what I said in the Mishnah. Let's start the Gemara. Shalman and Aitel's Chamishim. In the case where there's $200, Louisa, the first woman, gets 50. The question is, why does she get 50? She should get 33. She be split evenly amongst three of them. So, plus and plus and plus, who this like? Why does she get 50? So, I said the case is where the woman, the fifth, the second woman backs out, and the Gemara speaks it out. Where the second woman says to the first woman, I'm out. So, split the first hundred amongst two people, not amongst three. So, then, okay, fine, she's allowed to do that, but here's the Chiddush. If she's pulling out, then why does she get money by the second hundred? Right, that was my father's question, which is that if she's pulling out, she should pull out. The answer is she's pulling out from the first one, not from the second one. So the Gemara speaks it out. The Gemara says, Why does she get the second hundred? I thought she pulled out. The answer is, I only pulled out from the first one. I didn't want to fight with her, but I still want to claim to the Ksuba. So you pull out from the first one, but the second hundred, she has a claim to it. Okay. So the Gemara continues the last case, which is the 300 Zav. Oh, they're downstairs. Okay. 
Again, the same question, which is that in the case with the three, I said that the third woman pulled out. Again, that's what you need because the first woman gets 50. Why does she get 50? She's split evenly. It's where the third woman pulls out from the first hundred. Again, this is all, just the math works out. That's the first explanation of why the woman is getting 50. It's because the, first, the third woman pulled out. So therefore, the first hundred is split amongst two. And then the remaining is split amongst the following one. Rav Yaakov Menar Pokud has a slightly different explanation of the Gemara. And he says, it's not that the case is not where the woman pulled out. The case is like this. Rav Yaakov says, it's not that the woman pulls out from the first hundred. That, that's not the point. It's a matter of how much money comes in at once. Whenever the one, money comes in, we split it. The case is where the money came in in two different um, steps. Meaning, Reshim Shtetsis, the first case, where there's 200 zuz to the estate, the money fell in into two spots. First, Nafluhshim Mechamish Mechazimah. First, $75. Again, there's $200 total. $75 fell in. So what happens? Split evenly amongst three. 25, 25, 25. Now, once you have 25, how much more claim do you have? If let's say you're valued at 100, you're already given 25. So you just have a claim to the next $75. So... $75 falls in, split it evenly amongst three, 25, 25, 25. Then how much you have left? 125. Then 125 comes. The woman who is given 25 already, she only has a claim to $75. So you take that 125, you take 75 out of it, give her a, a, a third, 25, which is a third of, of 75 is 25. Give her 25. She's out. You're, now your remaining is 100, split two ways. Uh, 150, split two ways. Yeah. So the Gemara says, First, 75 zoos fell at once. So it's split evenly, 25, 25, 25. So each one has 25. Then, Then 125 fell. So the woman who had a claim of, uh, of 100, she already got 25, which means she only has a claim to the next 75. So you take 125, take 75 of it, split it three ways, 25, 25, 25. Now you're remaining 50. Split those two between the last two. If you do the math, that'll turn into 50 for one. 75 for the remaining two. The Gemara says the same thing with the last case. Again, you do the math. So according to him, it's not a matter of one woman pulling out. It's the money fell in in lots and you split it up at the time based on the percentage that they have. Okay, fine. Let's, uh, let's run through the, the remaining of the daf. The Mishnah said like this, Tanya, Zoom Mishnah served Nosen. Okay, so um, we said in the Mishnah that women get the Ksuba based on the percentage claims, yeah? Meaning if you have 100 claim and I have 200 claim, I'll get more money than you. It's not evenly distributed. The Mishnah said, same thing when it comes to profits of a business. It's not evenly distributed. 50, 50, 50, 50 amongst all the partners, it's based on how much money you put in. You put in 75%, you're going to get 70%. That's the Mishnah said. Rebbe disagrees. He says, no. If you put money into a business, I don't care your percentage, you get an equal share in the profits, which is very strange. I think Rebbe's point is because if you wanted it to be distributed differently, you would have stipulated the such. So that's Rebbe Shita. Shmuel, 
Go to the next page. Shmuel says, let's say you have two people to put, put money into a fund to start a business. This one put 100 and this one put 200. Go to the next page. The profit is divided equally. Meaning, Shmuel is, is following Rebbe's view that when the Mishnah says that the profits of a business are split, not evenly, it's split based on how much you put in, Shmuel says he disagrees. And he says, no, it's, it's, it's split evenly. Okay. Now, by the way, Shmuel is going to have to figure out what our Mishnah means. Because Shmuel saying that when you put money into a business, I put in $100 into the business, you put $200. When the profits come in, we split a 50-50. Now, you're going to have to figure out what our, our Mishnah says. Not like that. So Shmuel is going to have to figure out what the case of our Mishnah is. Okay. So according to Shmuel, the funds are split evenly amongst the, amongst the partners. So it doesn't matter how much uh, percentage ownership is. It's split evenly. Says Rabbah. Mistabra Milsa de Shmuel, Rabbi says it makes more sense that Shmuel Shita, that it's split evenly, is Bashar the Harisha Harisha, is where we bought, let's say, we, we put in money to buy a plow. Yeah. I'll, it says an ox, but I'll talk about a plow. It costs $200,000 to buy a plow. Yeah. I put in 50000 you put in 150000 It's split evenly. Why? A plow can only work. It's one unit that's working. It needs every component together to work so my components are working just as easily as your components so therefore it's split evenly i paid 50 you paid 150 but you're 150 you need my 50 i need your 150 therefore it's split evenly nobody would invest like that completely agree shark tank would fall apart this way i think rabba's point is that you would have stipulated otherwise but says rabba but if you bought a, a, an ox to plow and now you're slaughtering it, so now you could legitimately split the animal up. Then if you're splitting the animal up anyway, then he, if he put in 75% of the money, he gets 75% of the cow. Rav Amnuna takes a step further. Even if you were to shech the animal, it's still 50-50. Now, so it's a machloikas, if you have, if you have, a, pro- a product where the product is making money and it's one unit. Everyone agrees it's split 50-50 according to Shmuel. The Machlekes is, if you're slaughtering the animal, what's the halach? So the Gemara is medayik. The Braisa says, Shnaim You have two people who put money into a fund. I put in 100, you put in 200. The profit is divided equally. So now the question is, what's the case? Is this talking about a case where they're shechting the cow and they're splitting up and it's still equally? And that's a riot to Rav Amnuna and not, and not to Rabbah. Do you have to Rabbah? It's a kash and Rabbah? No. No, the case is where it says that it's split evenly is where it's a tractor trailer and, and it's making, a, pro, it's making a, a, a product and you need the entire unit to make the product. That's why it's split evenly. But had it been an animal that was slaughtered, where you actually could divide up the the the, uh, the the assets, then it would actually not be split up evenly. So it could work according to Rabbah. So the question is like this. If you're telling me that the Bryce is referring Dafka to a case where it's a tractor, where it's making one product and it's it can't be split up evenly, it can't be split up. So the question is, why doesn't the Bryce say that? The Gemara says, So what would the halacha be if you if you bought an ox and then you slaughtered it? So then the halacha, it would be it would be distributed, not equally, it would be distributed based on percentage. So the question is, The question is, what? If you have the end of the Bryce, which talked about a discrepancy, why doesn't the Bryce speak this out? What does the end of the Bryce say? 
The Brisa says, what if I bought three ox that are weak and you bought 10 oxen that are very strong? So my ox and your ox are not even doing the same amount of work and we partner together. Then everyone agrees that it's not split evenly because my ox and your ox are not doing the same amount of value. They're not doing the same amount of, they're not producing the same. That's clear according to everybody. So the question is, why does the Brisa say that? Shouldn't the Brisa just say very simply, when is it split evenly? When you buy an ox and the ox makes one product, so it can't be split up, so it's done evenly. But if you buy an ox and you slaughter it, so the meat is distributed percentage-wise. Why doesn't the Brisa say that? So the Gemara says, Why not say that? If you're telling me there's a difference when you buy an ox between what you do with the ox, so if it's plowing, so the ox's unit is plowing, then it's split evenly. But if you're slaughtering it, then it's split based on percentage points of the of the of the of the ownership in the company. Then why doesn't the Brisa say that? So the answer is that's what the Brisa means. That's what the Brisa means. The Brisa means that if the animal is being slaughtered, it's like me being bringing three weak oxen and you bringing ten strong oxen, where our products, where where our our merchandise are not making the same outcome, where everyone agrees it's split based on percentage points. Okay, so according to Shmuel, if if I buy a, if I spend money into a business, it's split 50-50, right? So I said, though, that's not what the Mishnah says. The Mishnah says, if I put money into a fund and you put money into a fund, it's not split evenly. And the, meaning, then the Mishnah says, if the value went up and the value went down, it's not split evenly. So how could Shmuel say it's split evenly? It's not what the Mishnah says. So the Gemara says, Tanan, v'chein shloysh shetil l'kis. The Mishnah says that if me and you went into a business, I put in $100, you put in $200, and the business went up in value or went down in value, it's split. The profits are split, not evenly. They're split 65, 75% to you, 30, 25% to me. So that's not what Shmuel says. Sigmar says, the answer is like this. I'll read you the way the, the, the Pirish and the Mishnah is. This is how they describe it. The law that it's split not evenly applies only where the loss or gain was in the money itself and was not related to business dealings. Meaning, Shmuel's point is that if you went into a business and the product made money and it, it made a profit, it split 50-50. I, the Mishnah, says not like that. The Mishnah says when it goes up in value, what it means is literally the value of the dollar went up or the value of the dollar went down. If the value of the coins itself went up or went down, then it's split based on how much coins you put in. You put in 75% of the coins and the value of the coins went up. So, okay, fine. The value of the dollar went up, fine. But if that's, that's in the, the, so the Mishnah says, so it says Rav Nachman, what it means is the profit of the coins went up, meaning that you put in old coins and you were able to change them for new coins, which have a, va- a higher value. So it's not that the product made money, if the coins itself went up, or or the value of the dollar went down to such a point that they were just using the coins, they would put it on wounds, that they had no value. Meaning, so when the Mishnah says that it's split not evenly, that's talking about not where it made money in the merchandise. That's where the value of the dollar went up or went down. But if the actual product made money, it's split taka even. Okay, next Mishnah, then we'll stop. Mishnah says like this, Misha Yenase, easy, Arbanash. You're married to four women, and then you die. Not you, someone dies. So the halacha is, 
we said before that the ksuba goes to the first woman. Yeah, so that's what the Mishnah says. The first woman, the first wife whose ksuba is dated first, gets kedima before the second wife, and she collects her ksuba, and then whatever's left over goes to the second. And then shnia lirishlishes, and then the second woman collects hers, and then whatever's left over goes to the third. Shlishes lirivias, and the third one collects, and whatever's left over is left over for the fourth. Now, Okay, so you have these four wives. Yes, the first one collects and then the second. The first one has to swear. Because the first one is collecting before the second and she could potentially be messing over the second because if she takes all the money, there's nothing left over, then the second is out, you know, high and dry. So she has to swear that she didn't collect. So she swears she didn't collect yet. Then she takes. Then the second one swears to the third that she didn't collect. Then the third one swears. And then, and then the fourth one takes. Now, does the fourth one have to swear? No. Because what's the point? She's getting she's getting whatever's left. So who is she, who is she swearing to? So the Gemara says, the Mishnah says, The fourth one doesn't have to swear because the whole purpose of swearing is you don't want to mess over someone. How can the fourth one be messing over someone? She's just getting whatever's left over. Says the Mishnah, Benanis disagrees. He said, no, the fourth one also has to swear. Why? Very simple. First one takes, yeah? Second one takes. Third one takes. Fourth one gets whatever's left over. What happens if the first one, they found out that the money that they had was stolen? There was a Ponzi scheme. Turns out the first one, the money from the first one had to be taken away. Well, who do you think the first one's going to go to? The fourth one, yeah? So that fourth one, Taka has to swear because she could affect others. Okay. Uh, let's finish up the Mishnah. Okay, let's say, so again, you have the Mishnah, four women. Which one gets first? Whoever has the oldest ksuba, meaning whoever got married first. So one got married on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So the one from Sunday gets the ksuba first, then the Monday, then the Tuesday, Wednesday. What if they all got married on the same day? So if... The first chasen was at 2 o'clock, then 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock. So you go to the 2 o'clock, gets first, then the 3 o'clock. Okay, okay. Same, same idea. Same idea. Even if that one got married an hour before, she she's first. And by the way, that's why it's actually very interesting. I never thought about this. There would be no way to prove this by a wedding nowadays. All right, you listen to a ksuba, right? The, you know, how, does, how does the rav when he reads the ksuba? They don't mention hours on ksubas. It's just date. So there will be no way to prove who got married first. In Yushalayim, they used to write hours, literally when the wedding took place, exactly for this problem. Because you could have three women that are getting married on the same day to the same guy, and one got married at two, three, and four, and you got to know exactly the hours because they get first. Then How do they do that? Huh? How do they do that? They didn't have a watch? Oh, they, however, they figured out clocks. Uh, you know, I guess maybe afternoon, maybe they wrote night, saroyim. I don't know. But nowadays they don't write anything. It's just the day. But are you cool and yoytzim shachas? Let's say we all got married at the exact same time. Then it's split evenly. All right, we'll stop here. Okay.